Welcome to the Dr. Raj podcast with Dr. Raj Dasgupta, a show all about educating patients, students, and aspiring doctors about better patient care. Dr. Raj is a quadruple board certified physician and associate professor at the University of Southern California. He was a co-host of the TNT series, Chasing the Cure with Ann Curry, as well as a regular on the TV show, The Doctors. And now, here's our show. Hi, and welcome to the Dr. Raj podcast. And once again, this is not just a podcast about, you know, compiling all the medical knowledge you can. Don't get me wrong. I love doing that. This is a podcast about wellness, about being a good person, about helping others. And, you know, I always say this, it's a little repetitive, but you know what I love about having my own podcast? I get to invite my friends and I love all my friends. So, of course, today is a special combination because it's not just about one of my friends. You know, many people have always asked me like, hey, Dr. Raj, what's your jam? And I'll tell you that I enjoy my life divided into three compartments. And of course, the biggest one is being a doctor. And I'm always so blessed to do that. And uh, but there are other parts. And the two other parts is. Um, teaching. And for those of you who want to hear me just rattle off some physiology or biochemistry, then that's a different podcast. It's called Beyond the Pearls. It just got released. So that's if you want me to talk about medicine today. But the third part of my life, which I know to talk about a lot, is media. And I am the luckiest person in the whole world. I got to be on this doctor's TV show for a bunch of seasons. I got to hang out with the legendary Ann Curry for a season. And right now I do ABC News and I get to talk about our pandemic. So people have been asking me like, hey, I kind of want to do a little media. You know, this is kind of my jam. I'm a resident. I'm a medical student. I'm in college. And I can't seem to answer these questions correctly. So I'm actually going to talk to someone who could actually mentor you, who does this for a living, who knows the correct answers. And her name is Candace, Candace Melamed. And she is a friend of mine, but I know her because on the Dr. Raj podcast, if you, there is another guest, which is her husband, Dr. Benjamin Emanuel, who I got to tell you, I have a little crush on him. He's like one of my best buds, man. <laughs> and I'm a little jealous Candace is married to him, you know. <laughs> but, um, Anyways, let me talk about Candace and only Candace right now. So, you know, she is the founder and CEO of Spotlight Group Agency. It is a full-service PR-driven communications agency specializing in the health and beauty industry, having represented notable medical experts, building them into a key opinion leaders. Candace quickly gained a reputation for being the quintessential pitch guru, that's in quotes, over the years. She has prided herself on conceptualizing exceptionally unique story ideas that get her clients noticed and remembered by key editors, producers, and writers. Candace is viewed as a leader in health and beauty public relations, compelling one of America's top PR experts, Howard Bragman, to refer to her as the, ooh, the Mick Jagger of health and beauty PR. That's kind of cool. Uh, throughout her career, Candace has fostered an array of notable media relationships, resulting in long-term public relations successes for her clientele, which range from medical experts to indie beauty brands, as well as medical aesthetic devices and treatments. So with that being said, Candace, 
Thank you for joining us today. How are you? Thank you so much for having me and for that intro. I was trying not to laugh hysterically at the comment about Ben. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I got to tell you, I mean, uh, ever since I got to meet you, and you know, one of the first time I actually met you was on a cruise ship. I know. (laughs) You wouldn't have been planning to be together with our families. (laughs) I know, of all places. So let's start off with a little background. This is kind of like the meet and greet part of the the podcast. Oh, you are from wonderful Southern California like me. And tell me the story, the timeline. How did you get where you are today? Where did you where did you go to college? And did you always want to be a PR guru? No, um, I went to college at CFUN, um, but I actually didn't even know what PR was. But I'm fortunate enough that my older brother, who's five years older than me, was already in college when I was in high school going through the what do you want to be when you grow up phase with college counselors. (laughs) Um, And as they checklisted medicine or um, I don't know, all these all these different possibilities asking me what classes I liked the most, um, what I really enjoyed was dealing with people and interacting and listening to stories and and just that one-on-one, that personal human interaction is what I love the most. And I always have. And, you know, the counselors were like, try psychology and sociology and take these summer classes and see what you think. My brother, on the other hand, had just transitioned from, I think, biology or something to journalism. And he came home one day and he was like, you know, there's this thing in the journalism department called public relations and it suits your person. It's like perfect for you. It's exactly you. I think you'd love it. And I just went, I applied to college, applied to CSUN. That's where I went. They have an astounding journalism department. And so I was able to do my emphasis in public relations and I did a minor in marketing at the same time. Um, But I just totally trusted my brother and I was like, Oh, he said, this is, this fits my personality. I'm just going to go with it. And so my second year in, I started to have that panic of like, I really don't know what PR is. We haven't taken those upper division classes. Uh, I better take an internship and just figure out what, what this is all about. And so being in LA and, you know, being in my very early twenties, I was like, let's, I'm going to do an entertainment PR internship. Cool. Um, I thought entered. I thought PR is publicist, um, and that to me was like celebrities, publicist, and yeah. what I didn't know anything else. So I did an entertainment um, PR internship with Warren Cowan and Associates, and Warren Cowan, um, who since passed, was known as the godfather of PR. I mean, he okay. started. Yeah, it's just an amazing roster of clients and he had a number of VPs working in his office. And so I had the opportunity to work with several of them and do different tasks. And I mean, what a great time to be an entertainment PR doing red carpet events and gifting. (laughs) And, you know, it's the whole, the whole Hollywood theme, but it grew old very quickly. The most important part of it though, Mm -hmm. was that I was beyond fascinated and enthralled, not with the Hollywood angle, but with hmm. the fact that I was behind the scenes, that stories, that articles, that TV segments were happening. People were reading these things and they were watching these things. And they had no idea that here I was behind the scenes initiating that story and making it happen. And to me, that was the coolest part. 
Like, totally. I, I had no desire to have a byline. You know, some okay. journalists were like, it's all about the byline for me. It's I want my name there on the screen or I want my name there in the byline. And I had zero desire to be in front, in the front and center. I wanted, I love that behind the scenes. I love the fact that I was making things happen. People were reading these articles. It was causing change or conversation. And no one had any idea that yeah. it was me. To me, that was really exciting. Um, and so I quickly realized that entertainment was not for me, but PR was. Oh, and so okay. I you know, obviously finished my education and I went on to do a little bit of different types of PR. I did some beauty working with a you know local day spa in Los Angeles. I did some restaurant. I did some corporate work with uh, CarMax when they launched into Southern California. And then I started my own agency of super PR only boutique little agency. Um, and my very first client was a relatively young doctor, pretty straight out of medical <laughs> school, you know, pretty recent out of medical school. Um, but I was able to get him some amazing press, both locally in Los Angeles mm -hmm. and nationally. So like the men's journals um, nice, and, you know, ABC news and, you know, you name it. And so for me, my, my gauge into like, am I on the right path or not is if I ask a lot of questions. So when okay. I ask a lot of questions to me, that's, I'm super interested and I want to know more. And I just like, mm -hmm. can't get enough. And I realized that when I worked with doctors, um, because with the entertainment agency, there was as sort of like a celebrity doctor. He worked with um, the Lakers and, you know, some sports teams and some, he's, his patients were some celebrities. So he had hired this, he had hired Warren Cowan and associates. Mm -hmm. um, and so I did get a little taste of like working with the doctor too. So, and I asked a lot of questions then and so yeah. that, that was my gauge. And I was just like, I really, I love the beauty side of it that keeps it fun. And the doctor, the medical side of it was super interesting. Very, you know, I was really engaged with that. It gave me an opportunity to learn about so many different fields of medicine without going to med school. And obviously I don't consider myself a doctor, but I find all these areas, whether it's neurology or dentistry or dermatology, um, you name it, I find it fascinating and I get an opportunity to learn a little bit. And so then I, I, you know, as I was starting my agency, I just decided to hone in and specialize in that health and beauty. I'm like, I just want to keep it strictly to this area. And I loved working with doctors. And so that's kind of where I've gained my reputation and my niche. I love it. And so I got a couple of questions. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw the cultural question out there. So one thing yeah. in common, so I'm married and I have a beautiful wife who's Persian. I got this awesome Persian family on my side <laughs> and I know you and your husband are Persian. So, yeah. you know, I'm going to ask you the question, you know, because there is a little overlap between my Indian side when I was growing up, you know, my dad was always kind of like, Hey, you know, always kind of Maybe you want to go the route of medicine. Maybe you want to <laughs> industry. Maybe you want to do these things. You know, I love that you are an independent woman, and you're like, no, I want to do PR. It's awesome. It's fun. It's your passion. How did your parents kind of think about that? Did they kind of did they grab your hand and do the the slap on the wrist and not at all? Actually, send you back to the counselor one more time. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, no, not at all. I was actually really fortunate that I was always encouraged by my mom. She. she she was like, I really don't care what you study. I don't care what you do. 
I just want to make sure that you do something, you get your education and you do something where you can take care of yourself. Like you can feed yourself and you're not going to be dependent on anybody period. And that was it. She's like, that's all I care about. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you study. Just find something you love and that you can make money from. (laughs) And so (laughs) it was, it was, yeah. I mean, my mom, seriously. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was the, the first, I was the first girl on my mom's side of the family to get a college education. So that was, that was pretty big. That was pretty big. And so it was nice to have that support that was like, I just want you to find something, don't care what it is. So what there, what that pressure wasn't there, but I always felt like I put it on myself, you know, was, you know, when you don't have it from a, from an outside source sometimes, or maybe I'm just self-driven like that. I don't know. You're probably just (laughs) self-driven. You're my favorite type A in the whole world. I hope you know. I am so type A. Yes. I will admit that. All the way. <laughs> now, let me ask you this. Like, you know, when I'm looking at your timeline, there's some college internship. Now, it's pretty awesome that you went from, was there a first job or you just decided right away, I want to be my own CEO? How do you, how do you determine right away that that's a risk and that's an investment and that's time? Yeah. It, a, it, a little bit yeah, more. How did it, you know it, you want to be a CEO? Well, it wasn't, it wasn't right out of college. So I had that first internship and this is... It's a, it was a pro and a con. So most internships, and when I give advice, and by the way, I love that you said the word mentor early on because I am all about mentoring. I have an amazing one myself, so fortunate to have found one of my college professors as my mentor. Um, and so I, I do believe in mentoring people. And typically what I say about internships is like, do them for a summer or do them for like a, a quarter or semester, move on every three months, because yeah. it gives you an opportunity to look at not just different, if, for example, if it's PR, it not only gives you a chance to look at different areas of PR, whether that's tech or fashion or entertainment, it also gives you a chance to look at corporate structures versus, you know, boutique structures versus, you know, like different environments and how people are. So you can get a sense of like where you want to land. I didn't do that. <laughs> I stayed at that internship. Uh, yeah, yeah. I give that advice. I stay at that. I stayed at that first internship for a year and a half, actually. So oh, I, really? it was okay. my first internship. It was, it was also my only internship. Um, <laughs> and it, it took me through the end of college. And so on the, on the, upside of that was I stayed so long that I was able to gain trust enough to actually not just write the pitches, but send the pitches, communicate uh-huh, with journalists. Okay. And I was able to see, see projects all the way through. So I could, I got a sense of not just working in a PR office, but I got a sense of um, actually taking ownership of those media hits when they happened. And so it just, it only led me to love um, PR more. Okay. But, uh, so, so I, so I had that internship for about a year and a half. And then when I graduated college, I, I was working for, um, that a boutique agency that did kind of a little bit of everything. So that restaurant, mm-hmm. that corporate, um, you know, a little bit of beauty. And, and then from there, I, that's when I took the leap and, I was like, I'm just going to give it a shot. I'll give myself six months. And that wasn't, I didn't start that thinking I'm going to be a CEO. I was like, I just, you know, want that autonomy and I want that ownership. I've always felt like I was, you know, not anymore. um, But when I first started, I always felt like I was the young one in the room. I was the youngest (laughs) in the room. And um, it's hard to be taken seriously when you're the youngest in the room. And so 
um, in that, in that first job I had, I felt like instead of, you know, push moving up and getting more responsibility and being able to go out and meet with clients or bring in business after being there for a period of time. And I was there, I was this company's first hire. So like she was working out of her house and then moved into an office space. I was the first hire. She hired somebody who was a little older than me. Mm. And then that person was the one that would go on the business, the business meetings. And so, (laughs) so, you know, it was a, um, it, it's fine because these are the these are the experiences that cause you to grow. And I yeah. really felt I was fortunate enough to have my parents' support in doing this. And that's really what it comes back down to at the end of the day is having that backbone, right? Yeah. And so um I took a leap and I was like, I am just gonna, I'm gonna give it six months. Worst case scenario, if I don't get a client and I can't make this happen, just go back out and apply to other jobs. It's not like, you know, like I've got it. much to lose. And so within that short period of time, I got, you know, my first client. And then, you know, that was kind of put all my energy into that to really make it the best that I can so I can have case studies to talk about and really see if this is what I want to do. And yep. it's it's also, it's tough. To, it's a real, it's tough to be your own boss, but I'm fortunate enough that my, my dad, and I kind of feel like I've got, I've got entrepreneurs kind of on both sides. Of, <laughs> so I kind of pulled that, pulled in that energy and that, that support. So you know, my dad is also, you know, he's, he's an engineer, but he has his own, you know, his own machine shop. He's his own boss and I'm totally a workaholic. Like <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, l- l- let me uh, let me switch gears a little bit because you know I was thinking about naming this segment "How to Step into the Spot." Love it, promoting your company a little bit. Yes. Now that we did the beginning, and we know that you know your stuff, so <laughs> be the questions, and and they have like I'm going to have some questions that my med students and residents have been asking me, and some questions of people who just want to get into PR, but. Let's get some definitions down because I'm always confused. So I'm going to bang out some 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 questions. You're going to answer these. Okay. So, All right. Um, what is PR? And people always say, um, "Dude, uh, I need some PR if I'm going into that." But do they really need it, Candice? And can you explain this to us? So that's really interesting because I hear that all the time. I got. I need some PR. I need some, yeah. Yeah, especially from especially from doctors. Like, I need to get some PR. But then the the question really is, what is it that you want? What is it that you're trying to achieve? What's the objective? So whenever I hear anyone say, "I want some PR," my first question is, "What's your objective?" Let's start there. Okay. Because typically, the first thing I hear is, "I really want to grow my practice." Okay. I really want some. Really want some I want to you know get some more patients, and then the response is that's not what PR does. So <laughs> let's look over to maybe marketing. Um, so PR, uh-huh. PR is like this loose term that I feel like people kind of throw around without really understanding what it is, what it's designed to do and um, how to utilize it or how to leverage it. So okay. PR, public, which stands for public relations, obviously, mm-hmm. is when you are pitching, you're giving ideas or story suggestions to writers, to editors, and to producers. So it depends if you know you're you're looking to get into online stories or print stories or television. You're you're giving them the ideas. You're saying, I've got this expert who can talk about X, Y, and Z, right? Just like how you were saying I was on ABC News talking about the pandemic. 
Yeah. Yeah. Let's say there's a publicist pitching you to the producer at ABC News. Hey, I've got this doctor, Dr. Raj. He's he's an expert because of these things. And he can he can talk about how, you know, how the pandemic, how what your viewers need to know. Okay, That puts it in the producer's court to put a segment together. And so that you may be one expert, you may be one of three experts they talk yep. to. They may decide, now nah, well, this isn't really something we want to cover right now. So then your publicist is going back and forth. Oh, he can talk about this. He can talk about that. Let's, these, are all, these are all these different mm-hmm. ideas. When you're interviewed, you don't know what those questions are in advance. You have no control over the question. That show is going to edit that segment however they want. <laughs> you may talk to that reporter for 30 minutes and they will use a 30-second soundbite. <laughs> um, or you may answer five questions on, you know, like email questions, right. interview questions, and they'll use one sentence. You know, you don't know what it's going to be. But ultimately, when that thing gets published or when that thing goes live or when, it, when you see it on television, it holds about a hundred times more credibility than if you had paid for that TV spot or you had paid for a print ad, which is, you know, what's considered. Totally. Yeah, yeah. So PR is designed to build a brand and okay. a doctor isn't, it can be an individual brand. And, you know, when you are trying to build yourself as let's say an expert, you're creating a brand. And okay. so that's what public relations is designed to do. It's not necessarily designed to grow your practice. It may do that. You may get some new patients, let's say, um, if you're an indiv- if you have a practice, a private practice, you may get some individual patients as a result of somebody, you know, in your area seeing you on a national television show. But that's and not why you're doing it. You're so doing it to are, really grow a brand. So are you one of the the conduits or a person who focuses on public relations? to get you the most credible segments on a TV show, on a magazine, on a radio talk show, because those are the ones that really, when people look at you or research you, those segments, those articles are the ones that really add the most to your credibility. Am I saying it correctly? Yes, correct. To a certain extent, I am the conduit. Publicists are the conduit between their their clients, in this this case, let's just say their doctors and the media. Okay. And so what our job is just to, through the types of media, through the types of stories that we get, that we initiate, it's our job to, what, that, what those things do cumulatively is position that doctor as a leading expert in that particular field. So whether mm-hmm. that's like dentistry or that's dermatology, okay. and yeah. that's where I that, and that's where I would say that I when I work with individual physicians and I position them to be key opinion leaders, that means I position them to be go-to sources, go-to mm-hmm. experts. And so when let's say people are looking up um, like the best dentist or they're looking up like you know leading dermatologists, mm-hmm. what happens when you do media and you're you you know it, it populates online is that those are the things that organically SEO you. And so when you're when somebody else is saying Dr. Raj is he's the guy, he's the guy we're going to. We're ABC News and we're okay. talking to Dr. Raj. When viewers are watching that, that holds more credibility than when Dr. Raj has an ad that says, I'm Dr. Raj. 
and <laughs> this is what I do. Face, of course. <laughs> and this and this is what I do. I love right? that. It okay. holds. It just holds more credibility. If somebody else is talking about you, and somebody else is indirectly saying this is the guy we go to, he's our go-to guy yeah. for this topic. And yeah. then, and then the public who's watching or reading that sees you begins to see you that way. Not after one time, not after one article or one story, but over right. time. Yeah. So let me let me con- uh, compare that to the other word, and you used uh, briefly marketing. Marketing. So here's PR on my left hand. Marketing's on my right hand. What's the difference, Candice? Uh, explain. I think it's, it's really important to realize that PR is a tool of marketing. So if you look at it as an okay. umbrella, marketing is our big mm-hmm. umbrella. Okay. It does so many things. You know, you do advertising, you build um, you brochures or material for your practice. You do newsletters. You will do, um, you know, reputation management. You will... Um, you will do PR that falls under marketing. You know, it's one of the tools of marketing. Now, my career has been isolating PR on its own, but ultimately the reason why I restructured and I rebranded Spotlight to be what it is as a full service agency is because as time has gone on over the last, you know, probably about seven, eight years ago, these things can't really work uh, in silos anymore. You know, there was a time when PR could stand on its own and people were kind of doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But from my experience in order for, in order for, you know, an agency to really catapult a client. So you're not just on a hamster wheel. You really have to have these things working. You have to have marketing working in conjunction with PR in conjunction with social media. You got to kind of have all these cylinders. And if the, your goal is really to move forward, then you're not going to just build a website and you know do some social media. You want to have a you want to build that brand. But then when you build the brand, when you do PR. Who's going to leverage it? Who's going to know about it? Well, that mm. marketing person will take your media hit and blast it out to your patient base on a newsletter. They will share it on your social media. Gotcha. They will put it up on the website. You know, so so marketing is where th- things are more controlled. You choose the words you're going to write. You have control over the imaging that's used. You um you are you can develop a brand through marketing, a certain look, a certain feel, a voice, a tone. Ah. Um, that is where marketing, that's marketing's role. So let me ask you this. So let me, let me break it down for, for everyone else. So if I'm doing marketing, is that something where I'm paying to get that ad? I'm paying to get that picture out there. I'm paying to be on a website because number one, I'm paying, but number two, that's how I can shape it and present it the way I want to present it. Is that right. versus PR, which is it's free, meaning that no one's right. really paying me when I do some of these things. You're yeah. not paying the writer or the editor. So right. in marketing, in mar- let's say for, for advertising, the difference between advertising and PR, I think that's a easier way to break this down. Okay. If I'm advertising in a magazine and let's say Allure, I yep. am paying Allure yep. for a half a page ad I know exactly how much space I have. I create the ad. I pick the colors, the fonts, the wording. Gotcha. They will not change anything. They will take what I give them and print it in the magazine. Yep. If I'm pitching Allure, I don't pay them. I I just talk to a writer, writer and editor Mm. writes whatever they want after they interview my client based on what the client said. They will... They will interview the client. They will write whatever they want. They will use however much they want. I don't see it before it it gets printed. And the only time I see it is once it's published. 
So watch your language. You never know. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, learn how to speak. Well, yeah. Learn how to speak in sound bites, answer questions thoroughly. You know, I've got, yeah, I've totally. got all those, I've got all those insider tips. So let me ask you this, because you're already kind of mentioning things. So, you know, think times have changed. It's amazing. I mean, how old I'm getting, don't want to give my age out, but you know, social media is huge now, maybe not so much when, you know, I mean, when I first started or I first heard about these things, right. Is social media part of that equation? You mentioned it in your previous answer. Is it part of the marketing and part of the PR social media? I would look at it as another tool and okay. it's, it's kind of evolved into something really interesting. I kind of see it as this hybrid between PR and marketing. Because oh, okay. if, it, if it's done right, it can hold the same credibility as PR. Remember we talked about how PR. Holds- that's the gold standard, right? That's what you want is the PR because. Well, the, the PR holds the most credibility. Okay. okay. PR holds the most credibility because that's okay. somebody else saying you're amazing. Yeah. Social media. <laughs> Uh-huh. If it's done correctly, meaning if you okay. don't use your social media platform to be a billboard, then mm. and you're and you're viewed as a place that people will land to get some insight and to get some of your expertise. Interesting. Okay. Then it can it it can be a little bit of both PR and marketing. So it can hold the credibility like PR does. Yeah. Okay, because they're trusting you. They're tr- starting to trust what you say. You've, okay. You've bu- you build the trust there over time, but it's controlled the way marketing is because you're the one that controls I'm the page. So yeah. you, okay. yeah, you're posting it, you're writing yeah. the content, you're, you know, doing the imagery, you're, it's, it's your photos, your, you know, copy, however yeah. you want to do it. Sure. Um, so it's really this unique hybrid that's evolved and it, um, it really wasn't like this a few years ago, even, but yeah. as time has gone on, we're finding that the recipe for success really is, not to be a big billboard where your social media post is constantly about me, 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 me. This is what I do. This is what I sell. <laughs> but it's it's the most successful. We found it to be the most successful when your audience is really turning to you as an expert. And so, so they're turning to you for, you're talking about, you're giving away that free advice that you would with yeah. PR, right? You're talking about medicine and your specialty. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, Candice, I mean, that was a great tip. I'm going to actually write that one down myself after the interview, because <laughs> very easy to make things a billboard. And I got to say, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Here's Raj and Raj and Raj, you know, but, you know, to put the content you're talking about, me to give out free sleep tips and give free pulmonary tips and board right. tips. It takes time. It's effort. It's a job. It's a total job. It's a full-time job. job. Are you, you kidding know? me? It's not even just a job. It's a full-time job. <laughs> so I, I can see why you're saying, I, I understand now that you're explaining it, why it's, it's very close to PR because of the fact that you just can't put random stuff out there for everyone to see that it doesn't have credibility to it because right. yourself under the microscope, you know? Right. So that, that's no that that's a really good tip. So I'm, I often I, I'm going to cut you off there for a second, just because I want to say that I often I often <laughs> say that when uh, as publicists when we're pitching media, if it's the first time they're hearing about a doctor or you know it's just it's somebody new, yeah. they will go to two places. They will go to your website and they'll go to your social media. So they go to your website to find out what you do, like wow. your services, what you yeah. do. They go to social media to find out who you are. Wow. So they go yeah. to find out how you speak, your voice, your yeah. imagery, like how you present yourself. 
you know, how are you responding to people's comments? Is it, you know, is it lighthearted? Is it serious? Is it scientific? Is it layman? You know, does it appeal to the layman? So this is, this is why I really feel like the website and it less and less the website is um, a calling card and more and more, it's just like the two places that media will go to, to just really get a, to fill that picture of who a doctor is. So yeah. I got a question. I got a question. So for my for my, my med students, residents, whatever, who are listening to this, who want to get in that world, would I be wrong by saying, Candace, a good first step that you could do is the website and social media. You're in charge of it. You could actually make it. And obviously, I mean, it takes time and effort. And I'm sure people could help you with it, but it's not cheap. But that's mm-hmm. a good step for anyone who wants to start dabbling in that field is to get the website and social media as the first step. I would actually, I would actually recommend their first step being to build a brand foundation. It's actually to really identify who who they are, who they want to be. If you're a resident or a med student, like who you want to be as a practicing physician, what's what's your, again, back to what's your objective, right? What's your objective? Um, So here's some questions they can ask themselves. You know, why am I doing what I'm doing? What's my goal and how do I know when I got there? Yeah. What, what are the things that I need to do? Or if I'm in a practice, we need to do every single day to achieve that vision. What are our unwavering principles? So no matter what, what are the things that we don't compromise or I don't compromise as a physician? I like that question. That's a nice one. It's it's an important one. That's a really nice one. Okay. And then what makes you special? Like what's your positioning? What makes you special? And then your, and then your character, like what's your voice and your personality. And you, those are in each of these areas, you know, you might want a couple of words, your Mm -hmm. core and your, uh, your personality and your voice. It can be like, I don't know, 15 words. And the reason why this brand foundation, this one sheet of paper is so important Mm-hmm. Is because everything else that you do, whether that's PR, whether that's social media, whether that's a website, needs to serve this one piece of paper. Okay. Wow. All right. So let's say let's say okay. you start yep. you start doing this, and yep. then you start becoming a busy doctor. You can't do it on your own anymore. No. And let's say you just want to hire somebody. What do yeah. you do? You give them this one piece of paper, yeah. and you say, "This is who I am." This is my voice. This is my personality. These are the things I, I am, un, you know, I'm not ready to compromise on. And that, and then that person should be able to take this piece of paper, your brand foundation, and continue doing your social media so that the voice doesn't change. If you've hired like a 20 year old to do it, you as like a Harvard educated doctor, don't start sounding like a 20 year old on your social media, which we have seen happen with our. No, clients. it happens all the time. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, they're, you know, if you are rooted in science and rooted in medicine and studies that they are able to find those studies and like speak in that voice. If you have a, you know, if you, if you approach everything with humor, then they can do that too. It's, it's, it's really an art, but it's so important to know who you are as a brand, because even for us, when we're pitching our clients, um, you know, we've got a client who's very rooted in science and in medicine and he does research and he's published. And so when we're pitching PR, like our PR ideas and our story ideas very much follow that same voice. This is not something that is or should be cookie cutter for anybody. 
No, you know, websites no. shouldn't be cookie cutter. No. They should reflect who you are, right? I just said what you do and who you are for, for your website and your social. No. If you haven't answered those core questions, how can you, how can you build a website? How can you start social? Yeah. And, and right. I got to tell you, this is where I think many doctors like myself, you know, I mean, I'm the only one here. I'll use me as an example. The hardest part is finding that voice. It's, you know, it's not easy. It's not cheap to take your brand and, 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 go, and go with it. You know what I mean? Right. You're too busy yourself, you right. know, patients doing whatever other people are doing in their lives. So it's a lot. Yeah, I got to tell you. But it's important. And it's important to be authentic. Like, Dr. Raj, you are very authentic. You have a very specific, unique voice in the way you approach things and the way you talk about things or explain medicine, Mm -hmm. you know, that is very relatable, but very light and not super serious. So you have a very distinguishable tone and voice. And I think that that's part of your brand. You yeah. know, and that is no, when, definitely. you know, if you, if you have got a publicist and they're pitching you, it carries through, it needs to carry through your social media needs to reflect that your website needs to reflect that. And you do it in a number of ways. Right. But, um, it, it's so important. It's, in fact, I would say it's critical before you yeah. do anything else to really check in with yourself as a, you know, as a student or a resident, as a doctor yeah. and answer these questions, look at these core questions and answer them for yourself because everything else you do, if you don't follow this and you just start randomly doing things, you are going to be fragmented. You're not really going to be building a brand and you're just going to be doing it for the sake of doing it. And at that point, it's like throwing something on a wall and seeing what sticks. <laughs> well, What's the point? Now I, this leads to my next question. So, um, Terminology. There's agents, there's managers out there. And I think that, you know, when I first started, I, I didn't know there was a difference. You know, you've taught me so much. And I got to say, on a side note, Candace, you really know your stuff. I mean, you Thanks. break it down super nice. So I'm just going to let you know that you're the woman, dude. But Thank what, you. Is there a difference between agent and manager? And you know what I mean? Is it the same? Yeah, thing? agent, manager, or publicist. Who are you? Yes. Who are you? Are you the guru? <laughs> are you an agent, the manager? What? How do no, you do? No, I'm it? a I'm a publicist. So there's okay. there's agent, there's manager, there's publicist, and even within those, they they have specialties. So you have you can have an agent, and then you can have a commercial agent. Oh you know, my! You can have a, yeah. it's like med school. It's med school, I, Candace. I know. It's I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so a manager. Uh, okay, so a publicist. Let's just this is this one's the easiest yeah. one. A publicist yeah. is really about the media relations side of it. Okay, okay. so whatever you're doing, a me- it's the publicist's job to help get that word out in media. Okay. Okay, that's the easiest one. I like that. One. That was easy. That's, it. that's easy. We're already at hundred percent on that one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, agent and manager can become a little tricky, um, mm-hmm. but. A, a manager is, I think, also is more about, and it. This is, I think, a little bit more entertainment related. Um, okay. There are a few doctors that do have agents and managers, or different types of agents and managers, but they are really going to be more of those celebrity doctors who, you know, are or were on like Extreme Makeover and Doctor Nine Hundred Two One Zero, and sure. they're they're, you know, they'll likely have agents that have helped them strike a deal or have gotten them into um, in with like certain producers or directors to be part of shows. Um, so like maybe they're even consulting on like Grey's Anatomy or okay. those types of yep. those types yep. of medical based shows. Right. And there've been so many of them. 
a manager, I think, is a little bit more entertainment based. Um, okay. I actually think some chefs have had managers as well. And that's really like guiding career. So like, let's look at, um, and then and let's look at it as like career types of choices, but a manager will negotiate for like a celebrity, a manager will, will find them a job and that like on a series, let's say, and then negotiate, you know, how many episodes and what their fees are and all that. Okay. Um, agents. And I, you know, I've worked with a few commercial agents myself because of some of our clients and they're great. Their job is really to kind of pair you as a doctor, let's say with a brand. So, um, you know, you're a dentist and you're going to do, you, you've gotten a contract with oral B through your commercial agent to okay. do a number of things. And that could be, you know, to, to help promote some new product on social media, mm-hmm. to go to New York and do a media tour, a meeting with editors and, um, writers and doing TV shows for, a, a, you know, a day or two, um, to add, to lend credibility to a certain product. Right. Okay. And you do that as a physician when you've built to the status of a key opinion leader, when you are known go-to source. A, a KOL. A KOL. I know my favorite I, I've word. seen your videos. You love the KOL. That's what I mean. I do. I do. <laughs> I, I really, I feel like, um, because I think when you become, when you hit that level, yeah. you know, you can be a medical expert, mm-hmm. um, but when you hit that level of becoming a key opinion leader, that's when, um, companies and whether that that's that's when pharma starts coming to you and saying hey we we just got fda approval for this new treatment and uh-huh. we want you uh, to be the voice talking to media telling them about it and wow. when um or we you know or like again you get a commercial agent and mm-hmm. you hit that status of being a key opinion leader so that big brands want you to be the one that talks about their brands to media when you've hit that kol point in your career, like that's the gold standard to me. You okay. know, it's not yeah. just like, it's yeah. great to be a medical expert and be on TV, but sure, you know, that's, that's also another way that media can really help um, and has helped doctors do more for their career than just be interviewed and just build yeah. a brand, right? That now they're sense. able to get paid for it. Now yeah. they're able to make, you know, some, some so, extra so that's, money. So one, so that's when the money starts coming in. You know, it can. Yeah. If okay, you've okay. done PR, if you've done enough PR long enough, and yep. I really, I really pride our, ourselves mm-hmm. for having represented some of our clients for, mm-hmm. you know, as long as even, you know, 10, 11 years, um, you know, even if it's like three years or longer, that long-term relationship, that ability to keep going and keeping your name top of mind. So when people are thinking about certain industries, you're the name that pops up um, or they're searching, you're the name that pops up. When you hit that level, you are able to do more. A lot of doctors will leverage the PR that they've gotten, the fact that they've become the go-to source to potentially transition out of um, Ah. insurance-based practice to being a part concierge practice, to being able to charge an admin fee, to being able to, um, you know, potentially get approached by companies to get paid to speak at podium, at conferences, at, um, you know, to media on behalf of a brand or a product or a treatment. So there's more that can be done in in the bigger picture as you move forward and push forward with PR as a doctor. So this is great. So let me just do a couple plugs. So Candice, me and you are always on the same track. I don't know if you know this because just maybe a few days ago, I did a podcast about concierge medicine. 
the coolest doctors in the whole world, Dr. James Pickney. So check out the podcast. And that's interesting. It all relates together now. So I want to make sure I get to answer these questions. So a bunch of my, my students, you know, uh, my residents, people who want to do media, wanting me to ask you a few things. Number one, so they're so broad. And I think that's the main problem with me and, and people who want to get into media. We don't know what's the right question to ask. We don't know just yet what the brand is, but they want to know if they want to connect with media, what is the first thing to do? How do they connect with media? What would you say would be the first starting point? Well, it depends on what your area of medicine is. So if you're like a dermatologist or a plastic surgeon, the type of media is going to be more beauty-based. But if okay. you're a neurologist, if you're more science-based, internal medicine, um, you know, spine surgeon, you know, mm -hmm. cardiologist, sure. cardiothoracic surgeon, let's say you're more medical health and medical type of writers and editors. So there's a number of different things you can do. One is look at the articles that you're reading and where you okay. see other doctors quoted, who wrote those articles, find them online. Uh, ah. so you, uh, you can search them, you can follow them on Twitter, you can follow them on Instagram, begin okay. to know who these writers are, they're write the type of stories that you would foresee yourself in that, you know, you're starting to track who these people are, who these writers are. And then yes. obviously you can also look at um, any magazine has what's called a masthead. So if you open up a magazine, those first few pages, there will be um, a, a list of all the editors. So starting at like that, you know, editor in chief, and it goes down to editorial director, it'll say yeah. beauty, here's our beauty director, here's our health editor, here's our, you know, beauty assistant, you know, so you can see that. Um, and then you can find names that way as well. The byline articles and those writers are really a great way to start and really becoming familiar like with the too. types of articles that they write. Yeah. Hey, I hear somebody who writes a lot about COVID. Um, yeah. I really feel like I could be a great source for them. So you reach out, you know, and you say, hey, I've noticed a few of your articles and I really, I like how you're informing um, readers about COVID. I'm Dr. Raj. This is what I specialize in. And I really, I feel like I can add a lot of um, insight for your readers this is what I bring to the table that's unique and different. And that's one of the other things about PR. Is it right for everybody? No, <laughs> it's not. Uh, it's not right for everybody. Uh -huh. And you, you always want to ask yourself, what do I have to offer that's unique and different from the next guy? Because you're yeah, not the only, you're yeah. not the only, uh, you know, pulmonary specialist. You're not the only neurologist. You're not the only cardiothoracic. What is it about you? Why you? Why yeah. should writers and editors, you know, ask that objective question. Why should writers and editors talk to you over the next guy or woman? I like that. <laughs> well, you know, I'm going to, and here's the other question they're going to ask is, you know, and you don't have to give all your secrets away. You know, I know this is great. Um, any social media tips or techniques for medical students and doctors who want to get into that? Is there anything you kind of give advice on, you know? Really, it's really interesting that you you know say that about medical students because I am starting to notice that I think as our younger generation kind of starts entering in and they're more savvy about social media, even though yes. I understand they don't really teach these things in medical school. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how to run a no, practice. Is that like anatomy? I'm, I'm going to Instagram 101. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, although I think it would be really helpful, like the business side of it. But that aside, this this new generation of physicians that's going to be coming is naturally inclined 
to social media because it's just part of their life as an individual. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, so if they want to start now, and I'm no, I'm noticing a few, I think I talked to um, a dental student who, oh, okay. who has, yeah, who has actually started to build a following chronicling her journey through dental school um, which is, which was really interesting to hear, uh, um, that the way to do it is to always be mindful again, back to the brand. It, you should still start with that brand foundation and that may change. And you want, may, may want to revisit that every one to three years, okay. depending on where you're at and how your careers evolve. But if you are going to be doing that as a, as a, you know, resident or as a medical student, and you really want to get into your social media, then really ask yourself what the voice is. Who am I? Who do I want to be? How do I want yeah. to be perceived? And that's how you build on your social there. And so much of social media is really not about what you post. Um, it's about how you show up. Social media, I was this, we always describe it as like <laughs> a party, you know, it's okay. like this big event, getting all dressed up to the nines and showing up is your social post. Okay. <laughs> and like you bring a nice little gift and that's your, right. that's your social post. Okay. But if you don't talk to anybody at the party and you leave, what was the point of having been there? So, so, much, like, yeah. so much of social media is engagement is not just talking to the people who comment, but going to other places where the type of people you want on your page yeah. are and talking to them and being like authentic and insightful and engaging is, is in, you know, is that's what it's about. Nice analogy, so like, by the way. I love the analogy there. Thank you. It's a, it's a big one. It really is yeah. a big one because it's about being, it, it is about being pun intended social. Yeah. You know, and talk well and talking to people yeah. there, talking to people that are on and around, um, you know, where you want to be. You go so, to where they are. I'm going to I'm going to give I want to make sure because I always made this about the medical students and the residents and the interns. And I love all you folks. Uh, but, you know, what? I do have a small demographic of people who are undecided. So I want to give, you know, my college students who do listen a little bit um, who haven't decided yet. So if they wanted to go into PR, they haven't decided yet. They listen to this podcast, they're like, dude, Candace is the bomb. You know, I want to be like her. So uh, any tips for students in high school or college who may want to go into PR? Just a generalized answer for you now. Oh, I love this question. So one of my clients does the Leap Foundation every year. It's a nonprofit organization okay. for high school and college kids. And I participate every year as a mentor. And they they do one day, they do what's called, it's almost like speed dating, but they have a bunch of <laughs> professionals at tables. And then you come, this, these students come to the table and they start asking you like, you know, fire rapid questions about what you do and how you got into what you're doing and advice and all that. So this is exactly like that. And they're all high school and college kids. Okay. And so... What what I love to tell these students is whether it's PR or you're just not sure what you want to do, it all comes back to that internship. You know, think about okay. what you th- what you think seems fun and sounds fun, and then or or like somebody you know, and you're like, I really think I could do that, or that seems really fun. You can do a couple of things. One, you can do an internship, or two, you can do what's called an informational interview. Oh. Reach out to that person. Okay. And ask for 15 to 30 minutes of their time, either buy a coffee or, you know, now with Zoom, um, yeah. people are more willing to give a little bit more of their time. And a, a lot of people like to talk about themselves, so they don't mind that question. <laughs> That's and me and you. <laughs> and ask them, 
How do they get into what they're doing? Okay. What, is day, what does an average day look like for them? And that gives you some insight into what the, that role looks like. Yeah. Being in an internship, there's really nothing quite like that. And I think to me, that's like the ultimate is do these three month internships okay. during college, during your summer or during, and they don't have to be every day. You know, we yeah. have interns at our company and sometimes they're, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or sometimes they're Tuesday, Thursday interns. We work around school schedules. Um, you know, we give them time off for like midterms and finals, but it gives, but they really do get an opportunity to get that hands-on experience. They learn about, you know, PR is not just all like going out and having, you know, meeting with people and being on set, which mm. I love, no. but it's a lot of, <laughs> it's a lot of research. It's a lot of writing. I think that's yeah. the big misconception with PR. Like if you don't love to write, it's probably not for you. You know, like it's a well lot said. of writing. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a lot of writing. It's a lot of learning how to communicate, um, being an effective communicator, um, and doing research to look at like what's going on, what's in the news, what are trends, what are people talking yeah. about? Um, what are, do, you know, different outlets and angles and what, you know? So. Well, Hey, I got, I, and so this is one of my favorite questions. I know it's amazing. Candace, where did this hour go, dude? I'm telling you, I don't know. I know this I is tiny. Tell- so, and you always, I don't know if you could read my notes through here. I swear you're cheating because you always help me out. You ask, you mentioned things for my next question. So I love it. Um, I did let people know that I was planning to talk to someone in the biz like you. So I got an actual email. If I could ask this question, they didn't know it was going to be you, but they wanted to know that they're, they're in college. And um, if what is kind of like the average day of being a PR person, that was their question, but I'm going to, I'm going to modify. I'm going to be a trickster because okay. I think that uh, what makes me impressed by you, Candace, is the fact that, you know, I saw you on the cruise ship, have <laughs> some kids. I think you got two kids, right? Yeah. And, you know, and you're married and you do a lot of balancing in the biz. Cause I also seen you on set at Chasing the Cure. Yeah, that's right. Everything, you know. So, what is an average day like for you being PR? And is it possible for my, my, my parent, uh, you know, soon to be parents out there, can they have kids and do this? Can you be a mom and do this at the same time? Is it possible? Totally. Well, you could be a mom and do anything, right? Ah, well said. I'm all, well said. <laughs> all, about, um, all about that female empowerment. <laughs> um, the you you can absolutely be a mom. I mean, listen, it's hard no matter what being a mom. Period. I have so yeah. much respect for people that are just moms. I don't even <laughs> think I could only. I don't even think I could just be a mom and not do anything else. That is a hard job, um, yeah. but it takes a village with kids. It really does. It takes a village. No kidding. Um, you just, you know, I, I do, I rely on a lot of help. Um, so is, is Ben helpful? Is Ben helpful? He's amazing. Yes. All right. You're not just don't saying that because it's being recorded, right? He, no, but guy. don't tell him I said that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I do lean on him. He's, he's <laughs> yeah, he's a partner in every sense of the word. And I, I do lean on him, but I mean, are you kidding me? I lean on my mom. I lean yeah. on a nanny. I mean, well, <laughs> which is not easy to find being a father over here. I got to tell you, dude. I have to tell you, I, I mean, you just do the best that you just, we just do the best that we can, you know, but I'm passionate about what I do and the clients that I work with. And I think that's so important is it's 
and I'm lucky that I'm at a place where I, I work with clients that I genuinely love, you know, like, awesome. I wouldn't, wouldn't work with you if I don't love you. Um, I really believe in what they do. I believe in their message. Um, and at the same time, I only have a handful of clients. I'm not trying to be a huge corporate company. Um, I like having a small boutique agency where I can be yeah. very hands-on with my clients. And That's awesome. We, you know, we're, I hear about their families and they're, they're having babies or their kids are graduating college or, you know, parents who are sick or, you know, whatever that this is about that person. Again, it comes back to what I love the most, which is that personal connection. Right. Remember I was saying yeah. that back. In I'm going to give a movie analogy and I hope you know this movie or else I'll be the weirdo host over here. <laughs> remind me of this movie called Jerry Maguire. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I love Jerry Maguire. Yeah. Help me, help you, help yes. me. <laughs> and he, he stopped being part of this huge sports firm to be more personal with his clients and have right. clients. You may be the new Jerry Maguire of you no know, uh, 2021. I got to tell you. Uh, that's a really great. Thank you so much for that. I like You're that. You're welcome. Now, now I got to tell you, I'm, I'm a little sad that, the, that we're having the, the, you know, come to the end of the interview, but I want to do the right thing, which is if anyone out there wants to learn more about Candice, if anyone wants to get a publicist or anything like that, how can they uh, get a hold of you? Can you talk about uh, if they want to go to the Elite Foundation because they're my college students? Can you give some info so people know? Absolutely. They can. Well, they can always find us online at spotlightgroup.agency. My email is Candice, C-A-N-D-I-S, at spotlightgroup.agency. For any of those students out there who are looking to ask some more questions or want some mentoring or anything, I'm more than happy to shoot me an email. I'm very responsive. Um, you can find us on Instagram to see what kind of projects we're doing with other clients and things that we've got going on at Spotlight Agency with no E. So A-G-N-C-Y. <laughs> Spotlight Agency, no E. And then Leap Foundation is amazing. Um, really a worthwhile organization that I've participated in for, say, probably about the last 13 years. And they're just leapfoundation.com. And that is great for high school and college students. It's a one-week summer program. Um, Pre-COVID, it was held at UCLA um, on campus. So they stayed in the dorms and they bring in uh, motivational speakers. They bring in, um, you know, you've you've got coaches and motivational speakers. And uh, one of my favorites, Jonathan Sprinkles, uh, who's an incredible uh, business coach and, and speaker, comes every year. Um, the students just take away so much and I participate, like I mentioned in that mentor round table. Okay. Um, so they get, you know, you, you get access to real everyday, um, people in the industry, you, you know, you want to be and a firefighter, important. there's a firefighter there who can answer yeah. your questions, you know, or a clothing designer. I don't want to miss your, your college students email question. So I just oh. realized, I don't think I fully answered that. About so your day? Start, about yes, your day? About the average, yes. So <laughs> I thought you I, forgot about it because of no, time crunch. I don't want to no, 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 no. you. But what, no. what, what is, say it, what is your average day? Hint? I have to tell you, one of my favorite things about PR is that no two days ever look the same. That mm-hmm. is the beauty of PR. So there may be one day where we're, I'm doing more research And just trying to think about what each client, like, how am I taking each client to the next level? How are we doing from a 30,000 foot view of where they're at in terms of goals, 
how can we push forward and do more? There may be a day where we're, it's like a writing day. I just need, we need to get some pitches done. Let's write them or the team is writing them and I'm editing them. Um, there may be mornings. Usually I like to reserve pitch mornings for pitching because we're in LA and most writers and editors are like East coast. So they're yeah. three hours ahead. So our, our early morning is hitting their kind of morning and noon. Um, but wanting to get that information out And then there are other times where we're coordinating stories, meaning like we're going, we're sending questions to our clients. We are sending, you know, we're working on photography. We may be coordinating a photo shoot. I just finished working on a reel for another client, taking different clips from his different media interviews and putting it together into a nice piece um, that can showcase what he's like on camera. So, I mean, that's really the beauty of PR is that no two days look the same. Ah, well, well said. I'm glad we finished the conversation on that. And I got to tell you to embarrass you again, you know your stuff. And I do Thank you. to hang around with many managers and agents and many publicists. And you're, you're just an amazing person. You thank know? you, Dr. Raj. Thank you for honestly taking the time. And this is great. And um, for all the stuff, uh, all your info, I'm going to put them in the show notes for whoever's listening right now. So um you know, Candice, if I get some some good responses on this podcast, are you going to be cool enough to come back and hang with me one more time, maybe? Any time. One more time, 10 more times, as much as you'll ah! have me. I am here to answer questions as long as you'd like to ask them. Anyways, thank you for joining the Dr. Raj podcast today. And everyone, I will see you in probably a couple of weeks for the next one. Stay tuned. Bye, Candice. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of Ars Longa Media. Our producers are Madison Linden and Chris Brightigan. Our executive producer is Dr. Patrick Beeman. This podcast is for educational purposes only and not intended for medical advice. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis.